Well, thank you. <laughs> what time is it over there in Sweden? Sometime around 11 at night? No, it's 9. Uh, nine in the... Oh, you're only about six hours ahead then. I thought you were further. Uh, yep. Cool. Well, thanks for joining me. Uh, first things first. Holy fuck. What a great record. I love that shit. <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it for those not familiar. But I mean, the first thing and not that it's a sounds like it, but the influences from the 70s or from the early 80s, like, I mean, Thin Lizzy comes to mind nonstop every time I put it on. It's so amazing. Yeah, well. Thanks. Yeah. We did our best. <laughs> oh, yeah. You guys are just getting back from tour, right? How did that go? Yeah, we went uh, through Europe all the way down to Spain and back. Uh, it was nice. It was almost like it used to be before the pandemic. People seemed stuck? happy to. Yeah. Yeah, it's starting to come alive again, I guess. And, right. you know, people are happy to be out and just doing stuff. You can really sense it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I imagine the energy is probably insane, right? Because uh, we're just as excited to be at the shows as you are to be playing them, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And, uh, you know, it's fun. We're a touring band. That's where we play. So right. it felt good to like get reminded of what, why we're doing this. So with that being said, then, what did you guys do for the last two years? I mean, were you writing or were you rehearsing or did you just kind of take a break and hibernate? I guess writing and rehearsing will be the professional answer, but right, uh, I was right. just wrench, wrenching on my car and drinking way too much beer and taking it fairly easy. Yeah. Uh, well, you, my creative process is more book a studio date and then you know wait until like last minute and then get everything done with utter anxiety. Oh, really? So when, um, yeah, yeah, that's how I work, and I hate it, and my bandmates hate it, but uh, <laughs> that's how you, that it works. So, right. I mean, yeah. Do you guys uh, are you guys all writing together, like in the studio, like in a traditional sense, or are you guys taking advantage of technology and sending shit back and forth? No, we usually. Uh, uh, what usually happens is I write like, uh, or I come up with the ideas for the songs, and then I, you know, we've been playing for ten years now, so I know pretty much which way Adam's going to take it. And uh, when Martin's doing like vocal harmonies and, and guitar stuff, uh, we usually don't really need to communicate that. We right. just, uh, I show the songs and they just, they, they're, you know, they're good at what they do. So that's how songs usually uh, emerge. Um, sometimes it's kind of weird because you can't really hear the song without making a demo, but uh, it's more fun that way. Uh, and we, we try to, um, be like play as much live in the studio as possible and that's what we've been doing like on all the albums uh with the surrender album we did a bit more you know tracking uh, uh different uh, tracks on top of each other because we were only uh, we had no bass play so me and martin played the bass right so that that album kind of grew into what it became more than us having a solid idea from the start i think it becomes and maybe i'm wrong but from my point of view i think you can hear that and it becomes more immediate and organic when it's done sort of in the studio and you've had time to let the songs sort of uh meld but one second 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need to sort this this technology out here. Bye. <laughs> for some reason. All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So again, I said I think it it makes the song and you know the music in general more organic and more immediate when it's done in the studio like that, and it has a chance to breathe and maybe coalesce a little bit different than if you were just sending files back and forth and this is what it goes right because you're you pick up little nuances off each other yeah uh, and like uh there's a certain like nerve when you get a good take you kind of sort of want to dance that little tune all the way to the end and that like sometimes you have to if you screw up in the beginning of the song but the take is still good you need to just like you know go for it anyways and that yeah. makes it sound more in my opinion real i guess but yeah yeah i i agree um yeah what um is there it's something not supposed to be perfect man no i agree and everything is so quantized in you know in the land of pro tools now or the world of pro tools and and cubase or whatever you're using everything is so quantized and so perfect while i appreciate yeah. you know, the production quality of the the new electronics i think the the older school approach at least maybe maybe i'm just old I'm an old fuck. I don't know, but maybe it's just me. But I appreciate the uh, rawness. I don't know if that's the word, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, and I I agree. Uh, um, and you know, in my opinion, rock music is supposed to sound like you know drums are supposed to sound like drums. And if you kind of overprocess stuff, it tends to, you know. That it tends to sound like the 80s like that's not a drum <laughs> right What's going so, on there? so full confession i'm from the you know i grew up in the 80s and i do like the 80s sound and i do you know i was a big hair metal fan and but i understand what you're saying because mutt lang drums like you listen to a def leppard record and those drums that don't sound like any drums i've ever heard in my life yeah Good I, i'm also into the stuff uh ingve was the guitar player got me into shredding yeah so Actually, I just saw him recently uh, here in here in the states. I interviewed him too, but I just saw him recently. Still got it. Pretty crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, he's he's Ingve, all right. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit. It's always been like a. I don't yeah. know. He's, he's always seems confused, like he's taken out of a Spinal Tap movie or something. Yes, I I think it's one hundred percent. He outfits in the whole deal, but then he gets up on stage and plays and. You know your mouth drops yeah he knows he knows how to do one thing and he does it really well so amazingly well yeah it's a cool guy yeah. so i mean this has He's... nothing to this has nothing to do with the conversation but i remember being a little kid well, not a little kid but like 17 and they were playing in brooklyn where i used to live or near where i used to live in new york and we got fake ids it was on the rising force record first record ever and we got fake ids just to get into that stupid show because we had never Never seen him, obviously, it was the first time in the States, but never even been to a show. And me and my neighbor would just kind of snuck into this place and it was off the chain. <laughs> nice. <laughs> anyway, so when you're writing, are you writing um, with a message in mind? Is there something you want your fans to take away from after listening to a Dead Lord record, especially Dystopia or the EP? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I guess I'm not too fond of... Uh, you know all of the cliches just some of them and i tried to tweak them a bit so um in my opinion like writing a lyric that is not too um straightforward 
leaves more room for the listener to kind of interpret what they kind of would like the song to be about more. But then again, like uh, the topics that we cover are, you know, a bit political and there's um, a direness and a bit of dark. Uh, it's not too optimistic. Right. Uh, I mean, whenever I get fr- frustrated with things that I really can't um, do anything about, um, I tend to write songs about it. It's a way of coping and yeah. uh, maybe, maybe waking someone else up somewhere to those sorts of issues and, um yeah is it those songs seem to come easy is it what cathartic what's that so i mean is it a way for you to uh get the shit that's inside of you out like a release um oh yeah i i guess uh it, it started that way at least uh it was like I had my own little, that was my comfort thing to just go home and write a song if I felt right. bad. And every now and then when I'm uh, drunk and sad about what, whatever <laughs> stupid thing I'm, uh, I'm uh, messed up about, then I tried to write songs. Um, but the more we've been playing and, and the, the more the writing has become like uh, something that I need to do, I tend to, um, it tends to be a stressful thing to, to to like have to to make sure the songs are good enough, uh, so that way um, it can be kind of uh, it can be kind of yeah well stressful to 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 sit down and just I I I, I want I want to have like a certain vibe that is the song when you feel like oh yeah I got it now and uh, I'm usually looking for that as often as I can. And whenever I find it, I tend to like, all right, let's do it now. Sometimes the, that moment doesn't last nearly as long as I would want it to be. So it's more like me humming into my phone and that's the demo. Uh, so uh, that when it comes to, to like making actual songs of the ideas, that's usually what I, what I go for. And I sometimes, you know, I'm on my way home, I write a little snippet. That sounds cool. Hmm, those words rhyme. Fire, desire. Ooh, <laughs> that's my hate rhyme i hate it even though dio uh, sings it still it's terrible it is a city pretty you can't you can't do that (laughs) but you're right i mean if we we go back to dio or even the 80s stuff it definitely that's there (laughs) everywhere well look at me i just yeah i was there everywhere (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i mean i get it and it's not light-hearted music i mean like it's good music what you guys are doing and you know the the title dystopia definitely sounds perfect for what you're talking about <laughs> you know, the, the political things that we're all going through or the whole global thing that we're all going yeah. through in, in every country at this point yeah it's like uh, <laughs> couldn't the world couldn't have um <laughs> Served us better when it came right. to right. Served you enough material for the next five albums. Yeah, well, if if we'll be around. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys have planned? I know you just did this run. What do you have planned after this? Uh, we got some festival shows. We're going to Poland. I think we're going to play a sweet a Gothenburg show in Sweden, which like we never play in Sweden. So hopefully, oh, really? uh, 
yeah, for some reason, um, Swedes don't really dig us. Wow. I mean, every now and then we play a festival show and there will be people there, but we never do tours here. So uh, uh, that's going to be fun. And we've got some, you know, festivals here and there, and we're still booking, uh, trying to figure out whether to do like tours uh, in between the weekend shows or just fly in. Uh, right. uh, tours get shockingly expensive when the gas prices are high. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds stupid, but if you're traveling like a gazillion miles, it make like you can tell actually like this last one was like i was a bit bummed out but hey <laughs> what's it like being back <laughs> we'll just sell more t-shirts yeah. buy more t-shirts if you're watching this buy more merch um <laughs> what's it like being back on the road after you know so long did you have to get your legs back or did you was it automatic just jump right on and play no i, I get some sort of uh i wouldn't i tend to think that i that I forget how to be on stage, like not the playing part, not the singing part. It's just like the weirdness of actually like the, the longer I'm away from uh, playing, playing a show, the more it strikes me that it's totally bananas to stand one hour and just shout in people's faces <laughs> and just trying to hey, look at this. I'm playing guitar behind my head. And like that can get to you because you need that certain sort sort of, you need to be a bit, insane to not like you, you need to think that this is so this is cool uh, and you know usually three dates in three shows in you're like all right this is reasonable i'm gonna do this now <laughs> uh, and that's what you need to play a rock show so yeah you take some like you need to oil the machinery a bit with your first shows uh, but a great audience helps uh, oh yeah of course so going from wrenching cars and drinking to a little bit of a transition between wrenching cars and then throwing a the guitar over your head. A little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, I mean, um, they both, uh, so, uh, I think it's the same part of the brain, like the feel good part of your brain. That's been, <laughs> I don't know. That's been dormant for a, a while because I think everybody's kind of just been so locked up and so doing whatever that. It, uh, you're, you're lighting everybody's brains up now, just being in a crowd and playing with people and, you know, seeing live music and especially heavier music, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I hope so. But I, I, there's, it's all, also weird with all the bands that want to get out touring and want to play shows because now everyone wants to get out. Yeah. There's so uh, it's kind of tricky to, to actually book stuff now because there's like a, line of bands just wanting to be there right so i think there's probably not but, enough venues but then there's also people on my side as well that don't have the money to see every band that's in town you have to kind of choose when you have this floodgate of you know hey there's nine bands in town this week where do i go yeah yeah maybe a few of the venues got uh, closed down uh, during the pandemic as well uh, i don't know we'll see uh, so far it's been working out for us at least so that's great yeah. that runs me to the end of my question did you have anything else that i missed um no not really <laughs> i appreciate you taking the time i know it kind of meandered i kind of just like to talk and see where we go but yeah um well i don't know you know it's uh, we want to play shows we want to make new albums and we're going to keep on doing that so just oh. people keep their 
eyes out for whatever we might. I'm a, I'm a new yeah. fan. I actually, you guys were not on my radar till Claire sent me this uh, a couple months ago or couple, whatever it was a month ago. And uh, oh, then she's ever. doing a good job. Yes, she's. <laughs> but I've been a fan ever since. We've been, I've been jamming it in my car and the whole deal. I really, really love this record. So, kudos. Ooh, thanks. Keep up the good work, and I don't, I don't know that you'll get to the states anytime soon. But if you do, I'm hoping to see you here. Yeah, we'll we'll try. I love love the states, man. Go there as often as I can. Yeah, hopefully you come here with uh, with the band and we catch you. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you for taking the time, my friend. Take well, hey, we'll see you. Bye. Bye. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little little taste of it, right down to the shaking microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not so grown up things like hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that that uh, has impacted your life, uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind podcast. <laughs>